What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Monday, so time to go over the top waiver wire ads for week eight. It was an absolutely brutal week for injuries, and while we still don't know the severity on some of them, it looks like we may have lost a few superstars for like a good chunk of time. Really stinks. We have Brees Hall, that one was confirmed very recently, tears his ACL, Mike Boone suffered uh, what looks like a serious ankle injury. Chuba Hubbard left with an ankle injury. That one seems more minor, though, at least. Metcalf was carted off with a knee injury. We're just hearing on that one. It's a patellar injury, but, like, it doesn't seem major. He hopes to even practice this week, so that's awesome. Mike Williams suffered what seems like a high ankle sprain. Amonra St. Brown leaves with a concussion. Alan Lazard leaves with a shoulder injury. Russell Gage hamstring, Nico Collins, a groin injury, David Njoku, an ankle injury. So a lot of offensive players leaving with injuries. There were defensive players injured as well. So a really tough week all around. Hopefully you were able to survive without losing too many players. But let's go over who is available now on free agency in case you need some replacements. We'll go over running back first. And luckily that is the position where a lot of people have needs, but it's the one that's deepest right now for free agency. There's actually not a ton. Like, there's wide receivers you can kind of, like, rotate through. There's ones with roles. But if we're talking about priority, like, I rank by priority on the website, the top seven players in priority are all running backs. So, at least there are some options. The top name is the most likely to be rostered, but I have to mention it because he's not rostered 100% leagues, is Michael Carter. Um Again, just got confirmed before I was recording this, Brees Hall done for the season with a torn ACL and then a little bit of MCL damage, I believe, as well. That'll make Michael Carter their lead back in New York. Carter is not even close to as good as Brees Hall. Do not expect the same production, especially with explosive plays, but... The Jets do want to hide Zach Wilson behind their run game, and so their starting running backs are going to have value. I want to note, though, this is not a Kenneth Walker situation. Remember I suggested spending 100% of your remaining fab on Kenneth Walker since he was going to be a feature back. We knew the talent was elite with him. Carter is a much worse running back than, than Walker. Now, that's not to say he's bad, just that like, Walker's really good, and we knew that. Carter's good, but he's not even close to like the caliber of running back that Hall or Walker are. Uh, so he doesn't have that same sort of upside. Another reason that I have pause here is we knew what Seattle would do. They just shift all that workload to Walker, right? We don't 100% know what the Jets are going to do in one sentence. They are five and two, okay? And while, you know, some of the wins weren't against like the best teams, they have four of their five wins are against backup quarterbacks. Wins are, are wins, right? They're five and two. They have a 51% chance of making the playoffs. They want to try and do that. And so if you're the Jets, there's at least a chance. If again, your goal is to hide your quarterback that you don't think Carter and then Ty Johnson, who we'll talk about in a second, or what's going to get you there, which would make sense. And so if they're pushing for the playoffs, which they are right, they think they're going to make the playoffs, could they go after Kareem Hunt, Alexander Madison, Jeff Wilson, now that you know, you've know you got 
Uh, Mitchell coming back. You've traded for McCaffrey. Do the 49ers really need Jeff Wilson? You've got Tyrion Davis Price. They have too many running backs right now. Possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's possible. And so that's the only thing that's giving me pause with saying, oh, Michael Carter. Because if he was a starter the rest of the season, he's running back two every single week, right? And in good matchups, maybe a one. And that would be worth 100% of your fab if we knew it was going to happen. I just like, I don't know. Something in the back of my mind is telling me that they're going to do something else at running back. They're going to bring someone else in, in which case a lot of people are going to spend all of their fab just to see you know, a trade for like someone like Jeff Wilson and then be like, oh, what have I done? Right. So that's my one concern. I'll say if you're in a league that's not fab, it's claims. I still think he's worth the number one claim if he's out there. So even accounting for that risk, I think it's just worth it. Um, but I would say like I'll update on the website what percent of fab I suggest doing. Right now it's at 40% because I just don't know. I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of reports out there. But if there's any report that they're looking to trade for like one of those three or like another running back, I'll probably drop that as well. And then Ty Johnson, he'll be another like pretty common ad, I would say, in like 12, 14, 16 team leagues. Um, no need to go there in eight or 10 team leagues, but understand that it's basically Carter takes the hall role and then Ty Johnson takes the cart roll. So he's just going to have value more in PPR leagues. But if you're in a deeper league, he's probably not rostered and he's someone you go after. After Michael Carter, big drop down. Then we get into Gus Edwards. But I want to caution people here as well. Um, not the same caution as like they're not going to bring someone else in. We know who the backfield is. We know that Dobbins is going to miss what, like around a month, potentially longer than that. I mean, there's no guarantee that Dobbins is going to be healthy at all for the rest of the season, but he'll probably return in what, a month, a month and a half. And so you've got that time with Gus as the lead back. But Gus has 23 career targets in 44 career games. And the Ravens just ran the ball on 73% of their offensive plays. That's not going to happen every week. In a normal game, Gus would have had closer to like 11 or 12 carries and zero targets. And so if you look at his like pre-touchdown fantasy production, a pretty good indicator of, you know, what's the floor here? It should have been around four or five points. It ended up being 6.6. But if you're sitting there in a full PPR league, that means had he not scored touchdowns, he'd have 6.6 full PPR points. So someone like him, like he's totally fine to be playing at running back too because, well, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Like the pre-touchdown fantasy points are good to look at with him, but he's going to be heavily used in the red zone. He got, you know, a lot of these um, like carries inside the 5-10 yard line. That's still going to occur. So I'm not saying he's like a bad person to add. Just understand they're not going to run the ball in 73% of their offensive plays. I think they threw the ball like 16 times. They knew they had Mark Andrews hurt. They knew that uh, Bateman was returning from injury. Like they're going to throw it a little bit more when everyone's healthy. Uh, the game script was positive for them. So they're not going to run it as much. It's still a three running back committee. It'll always be a three running back committee and effectively a four running back committee because the running back one is Lamar Jackson. So you still have a running back in a four running back committee here. Uh, but again, he's good to go. out. I just think a lot of people are going to like spend too much. I'd be fine spending, you know, 10, 15%. You need that running back too. You want him there. I wouldn't go out and be spending like 50% of your fab understand he's not going to get that many carries and like zero targets every game after those you know two big ones carter and gus this week then we're looking at the panthers running backs chuba got the start and he was used as the lead running back but then he suffers what appears to be a very minor ankle injury we will see the severity of that injury has a huge impact on not only like this week but like moving forward right if we knew chuba was going to miss two weeks let's just say well, now Foreman is like the lead back. They have a good matchup this coming week. Like 
Foreman is someone that you would be aggressively targeting in free agency. If he isn't going to miss time, he's going to come back. Now you've got two running backs on like the worst team, a bottom three team that are splitting the workload with Foreman not really getting many targets. So it's much, much, much less appealing. So we will see on the health of Chuba. Chuba is the starter. He's the one you'd want more in fantasy because he's better in the receiving game. And again, he was the starter before last week. Don't look too much at the production. A ton of uh, Foreman's produ- production in particular came on like a 60-yard carry. He had, what was it, like 11 carries in the fourth quarter alone. Like They're not going to have these insanely positive game scripts. Like They might not have more than one or two positive game scripts for the rest of the season. So you don't want running backs on terrible teams, especially when, I mean, let's be honest, we, we know these two are not overly talented. They had a very good game, but they themselves are not overly talented running backs they're not elevating this offense the Bucks just like fell apart this week and we're not expecting every defense that plays them to fall apart so not two players that I'm like aggressively targeting if you want to go out there spend somewhere in that like seven to ten percent of your fab range uh if you're in a very you know very competitive league and you want to use number one claim because like the top options are gone and you really need running back Totally fine doing that. Understand they are definitely a tier below your Carters and your Gus Edwards. And my lean, again, assuming full health is Chuba, but let's see. Let's see what the reports are on his health. After those running backs, you just get into the handcuffs. So there's no one else that you're looking at and you're being like, got to add this week to play. Um, but these are league winners, right? I mean, when we have these injuries, like to Brees Hall this, this week, like there's a potential for Carter to be a league winner. We already know Kenneth Walker is a league winner. Like it's happened a few times this season. Other running backs in order that I would want to be rostering that could be league winners if the starter goes down or if they take over. Rashad White, Khalil Herbert dependent on tonight. Obviously, we haven't seen that game yet. Uh, But again, I really like his talent. I think he could just simply take over. doesn't even need an injury, but obviously an injury is what you need to be a league winner. Uh, Madison, whether that's through a Dalvin Cook injury or for getting traded away. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, we saw him, you know, get the lead role. I mean, technically this last week, uh, it's still a three running back committee. You still need an injury. Even if Pacheco is named the starter every week, is the starter, is getting more carries, more snaps. It doesn't matter. You still need an injury to Clyde for him to be a league winner. Um, Jalen Warren, obviously you need an injury to Najee Harris. And then Kyron Williams, uh, likely returning this coming week, should have a larger role, has a pass catching ability. We know they don't love Darrell Henderson. Even they hate Acres, and they were still using Acres over Henderson. Like they just don't want to feature Henderson. They don't think he can hold up. And so, you know, if they keep only having you know these few running backs, Kyron Williams at least has a chance. So those are like the six that I'd be looking at. And again, in that order, um, and they would just be pure upside. Not running backs you can really like rely on to be. Um, I mean, I guess if you're in like a 12 or 14 team league. Full PPR for some of them. Running back too. You've got injuries. You've got bye weeks. You need like a fill-in, sure. But other than that, like these are these are running backs you're rostering for the upside. After running back, go over wide receivers now. Much smaller list. So again, like I said, the high priorities this week are running back. After that, it's not like we have any like must ads for wide receiver. Uh, Wandale Robinson would be the number one name on my list. Uh, we've mentioned him like every week at this point. So a lot of you definitely have him. Um, very elite target share and targets per route run 
It's just obvious they're scheming him looks. He is not someone that's going to consistently win on his own, but that doesn't matter if you're getting schemed looks. Tony might never be healthy in his entire career. We know the other wide receivers are either done for the season or are dust on this offense. Like, it's Wandell. The snaps went up. The targets are there. He's going to be someone that needs to be rostered in all leagues. After him, it's Paris Campbell. 11 and 12 targets over the last two weeks. Played 100% and 98% of the snaps. Uh, We just saw that I think it's uh, Matt Ryan is not going to be the starting quarterback this week. We will see what this offense looks like. It's not a very good offense. But I'd say, you know, in a full PPR format, someone getting 11 and 12 targets, that, that needs to be rostered, right? I have no idea what changed because, like, over the first month of the season, he was out there, right? He was running routes. He just wasn't commanding any targets and weren't using him. I, again, I, I don't know what changed. Like, they had a game where Pierce and Pittman were out, and he played, like, every snap. And he did nothing. So I don't I don't know what's different now, but he's getting targets. And if he's getting this many targets, you got to be rostering him. Uh, I have him in 20% of my best ball rosters. I started him this week in my 16-team league. So I'm one of the higher people on his talent. And even I am not convinced that this production is going to stick. So not a priority ad, but, you know, 11-12 targets. We need to be talking about him. After Campbell, I would say it's Thornton. Uh, again, like... Herbert dependent on tonight. I mean, Thornton, I guess, could go out there, play 40% of snaps, has zero targets, and we're like, okay, maybe we don't need to add him. But hopefully the snaps increase. I think he was up to, what, 57% last week. That's just off the top of my head. Don't quote me on that. Hopefully he gets to like 65, 70% this week. That would be really nice. I don't think he's ever going to get to like 100%, but, you know, if he's playing 65, 70%, they take him out on some like run plays. Like, who really cares? He's playing effectively all of the passing down snaps. Um, I think he can be a full-time player in this offense. They'll scheme him looks kind of like Wandale. End arounds, screen passes, deep balls. Like, he's got upside. Uh, so I think he should be rostered in most formats as well. After those three, it's really just guys that have like potential, but do we really know if we're going to be starting them? I mean, these could all be guys who are on free agency in all leagues come week 12. Like we have no confidence in them, but I would say it's Miko Hardman, um, Traylon Burks, Khalil Shakir, and Nico Collins would be the names that I'm looking at. And that's assuming with Nico that this groin injury isn't serious. Again, everyone I listed they're good ads, not claims. Don't claim any of them. Uh, but good ads, you know, in most leagues just have some level of upside. Hardman scored the three touchdowns. He still only got one game over 42 receiving yards in the season. He's only got four carries. So understand the three touchdowns are super fluky, but it's Kansas City offense, right? If he's going to be out there a lot, if they're never going to use Sky Moore, it seems, you know, odds are pretty low. You'll ever trust him. But, you know, could he see an expanded role given that he's been playing well recently? Maybe. Uh, Traylon Burks. Should return from the toe injury in like a few weeks. When he returns, or at least very shortly after that, he'll be the number one wide receiver for the Titans. And so, you know, if you need someone, you're like rolling right now. You've got a really good record. You can afford something on the bench to like be upside later in the season. He's someone that like is a really good prospect. And you'd imagine to close the year, he'll be the number one. Um, and I actually think Khalil Shakir, I think he could, could, I'm not going to quote me on this, but could surprise people this week. Um, a lot of times rookies, you know, second half of the season post by, they get that bump, right? They, they get, uh, more playing time, more schemed looks. Shakir has been better than Isaiah McKenzie this season. McKenzie has not looked good. He looked terrible last week. Could it happen that over the bye week, they kind of be like, all right, Shakir, you're the slot receiver now. 
And if he ever becomes the full-time slot receiver on this Buffalo Bills offense, he will be a weekly flex option. And you don't typically find, you know, full-time receivers on explosive offenses on free agency. And Shakir's on free agency in like pretty much every league. So definitely go after him if he's there. And then Nico, this is pure speculation on Brandon Cooks, right? Brandon Cooks has a lot of trade rumors about if he's gone, Nico Collins, who isn't like an elite wide receiver, but has the build to be a number one, has a downfield role, would step into like the number one role on a bad offense, but still it's the number one role. He could at some point later in the season turn in to weekly flex option. So he definitely has some room to grow. Uh, if you're looking for someone in, you know, I would say it's fine. A 12 team league or like 14, 16 team leagues, definitely 12 team league. It's like, if you have a deeper bench, Nico, uh, speculative ad as for tight ends, there's very little, I mean, we at this point know who the good tight ends are, but Hey, some of you lost David Njoku, who I think it's going to be a high ankle sprain anywhere from like, you know, it's a month to a month and a half. Like this is just typical, but it's going to be a while for, for potentially for Njoku. So if you had him, Greg Dulcich, uh, probably the top name on free agency. We've talked about him for the past like two, three, four weeks now as a stash. Um, always the caveat that he is a rookie tight end. He is on the Broncos who have been terrible. So the upside is capped, but he had nine targets in a second game. Clearly he's the one they want to be using. He's got some level at least of upside for tight ends. After that, you can look at Evan Ingram. He's been playing 75% of the offensive snaps. He has target counts of 10, 6, and 7 over the last three weeks. The numbers he's posting aren't like elite or anything, but he hasn't scored over the last three weeks, and he's still the tight end 9. Like, he's getting a solid level of targets. He's being relatively efficient with them. We know it's Evan Ingram, so that could completely flip in the future, but he's been okay, and he hasn't scored. If he starts scoring, he's going to be really good. And then just some pure flyers, Irv Smith, uh, Juwan Johnson, Harrison Bryant, Maybe they could do something this next week if you desperately need a streaming option. Irv Smith, elite matchup. I believe it's the number two matchup for tight ends against the Cardinals. Juwan Johnson coming off a really good game. He was good early in the season as well. Clear number one tight end now for New Orleans with Troutman out. And then Bryant. If he's the only healthy tight end for the Browns, he's going to have some value. Uh, none of them great ads, but again, some of you need someone at tight end. And hey, you know, most of the time, if you can go out there and get eight, nine points at tight end, you're pleased. As for quarterback streaming options, two names. Daniel Jones trails only Lamar Jackson in rushing yards among quarterbacks this season. He has only eight fewer rushing yards than Alvin Kamara, 19 fewer than Leonard Fournette. He also has two more rushing touchdowns than Fournette and Kamara combined. He's now the quarterback nine on the season and has a really good schedule coming up. Unfortunately, the buy in two weeks. So if you add him against the Seahawks, which is a great matchup for quarterbacks, that'll be a good streaming option. Then you're going to have the buy. So you have to figure something else out, but then Texans and then Lions. So if you want to add someone for like the next month, not a terrible option. It's Daniel Jones. So he could absolutely go out there, throw 15 passes, complete 10 of them for like a hundred yards, only run for 20 and give you a goose egg. But he's been solid recently. He's running the ball, which we know is a cheat code in fantasy. And, you know, if he falls into like, you know, two touchdowns in a week, he'll be useful. Then with Winston, it's just upside. You have to think he starts moving forward. It's not like, I mean, Andy Dalton had good passing yards. He was good in fantasy, but he was terrible on Thursday night. You have to think that it's going to be Winston assuming health. Uh, and if the wide receivers can get healthy as well, you can get Michael Thomas back. You can get Landry back in the future. Like, 
this offense has upside. They have good players. And Winston, you know, he's supported multiple fantasy-relevant players in the past. He's been good in fantasy himself. So if he's a starting option, he'd be good streaming as well. Then finally, we've got defense, streaming options. Uh, for many of you, the top option could be the Eagles if the person that had them last week was like, I have no one else. I have to drop them. Do your best to get the Eagles. They're one of probably like two defenses. Maybe we'll see with the Patriots what they do tonight. But it's kind of like them and the Patriots are the only two defenses where you're like, let's just start them every week and see what happens. Like they're good enough to do that in any matchup, uh, which is you know good because streaming is sometimes difficult at a defense position. But if you can't get them, I would say this week the best options are the Vikings coming off their bye at home against the Cardinals. You've got the Titans at the Texans. You've got Jaguars home against the Broncos, Colts, home against the Commanders, and then Bengals. This week at the Browns, so not a great one. It's not terrible because Brissett, you know, could definitely make some mistakes, definitely take some sacks, uh, but it'd really be like a two-week option there. If you don't love the other options, you can play the Bengals against the Browns. The Browns will need to throw the ball. They could force some turnovers there, but then they get week nine at home against the Panthers. So if you want a two-week option, it's the Bengals. So that'll do it for the week eight waiver wire video. If any news drops, which I'm sure some will, or if anything happens in the Monday night game we're not expecting, hopefully nothing bad happens, but we will see, uh, then I will update the waiver wire table on the website accordingly. The rest of season rankings will be updated tomorrow, so that's Tuesday. Weekly rankings will be then as well. Uh, also take advantage of some like early betting lines because you're going to see the detailed projections drop as well on Tuesday. I'll be back Wednesday to talk about the top trade targets. Thursday, running back starts it. Friday, wide receiver starts it. Then, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.